last episode of A History of the Navy in 100 Objects, we are joined by current and former Navy and Marine Corps leadership for their reflections on naval history and their insight to the future of the Navy and Marine Corps. Claude Barabee, Director of the United States Naval Academy Museum. What's the importance of studying naval history here at the Naval Academy? Well, as I've told my midshipmen for the past 12 years, history isn't just about studying everything that went right. It's oftentimes the things that went wrong. Make sure that we don't do those same mistakes. Why is naval history important here? I think here at the Naval Academy it's uh, fundamental to our existence and to how we fight future wars and operations. Um, I think on the uh, a number of people that, that come by the museum and we had one admiral from another Navy and I was giving him a tour and uh, showing him the Spanish-American War. We were about to discuss the Battle of Manila Bay when that admiral uh, cut in and to the detail explained how the United States Navy defeated Spanish forces at Manila Bay. And then it, it struck me that our potential peer competitors are studying how we fought. And if we don't study our own history and their history as well, then we fall short of how we're supposed to serve in the fleet. I think history is important because of all the uh, articles that have been written by junior officers and senior officers on strategies and operations, on tactics and technologies, how, how the societal structure of the Navy has changed. We're seeing a lot of changes in the Navy today, technologically and socially. Uh, we've been there before and we just have to figure out what we did it, how we did it in the past, how we got it right, how we didn't get it right. Vice Admiral Ted Carter, United States Navy, superintendent of the Naval Academy. So uh, history is often said to uh, uh, not necessarily repeat itself, but it sure as heck rhymes. So understanding uh, where we've been, not only will give you a better idea of understanding where you are, but where we might need to go. Uh, the history of something like aircraft carriers uh, just plays so well throughout our history. If you look at the role of the aircraft carrier in World War II, it was really that battle of Midway where we realized that maybe the battleship concept of what our Navy represented as our frontline fighting ship wasn't going to be the primary fighting force. Uh, and we've been arguably aircraft carrier centric since World War II. Now to understand whether that's our future, uh, you have to understand the history of how that came to be and what our aircraft carrier is today. The, the role of the aircraft carrier today as well as all the other new modern technologies has to be relevant to uh, where we operate around the globe today. Uh, I, have, uh, I have many uh, stories that I think about where I'm connected to some part of history. Um, I have, in my flying for 30 years, I seem to have been in the right place at the right time at, at a lot of critical moments. Uh, as I described earlier, I was there uh, shortly after the invasion uh, by Iraq into Kuwait. Uh, I was there when we kicked off Operation Southern Watch. I flew that first mission. Uh, I led the first strike into Kosovo for the United States Navy on 6 April in 1999. Uh, my very first carrier landing operationally was just days after Korean Airline 007 was shot down by a Soviet fighter uh, on 1 September 1983. Um, I was uh, you know, on board the Harry S. Truman uh, on 9-11 in 2001 and still have a distinct memory of having to put 
uh, the crew into a secure situation, not knowing what was coming next. So this is a little bit about who we are and what we do as naval officers. Uh, we're often tied directly to the largest scale events that are happening around the world. And we never forget where we are or what our small role was in playing a teammate uh, during those history-making events. Admiral John Greenert, United States Navy retired, 30th Chief of Naval Operations. If you're going to look at where to go from here into the future, I'd look at the War of 1812. This is the 200th commemoration of the War of 1812, where a small navy of about 17 ships, six of which were defeated the British contingent that were here in the United States and, and coerced the British Navy, a navy of about 700 ships that it wasn't worth taking on the U.S. Navy anymore. The way they were able to do it with technology, we had the best ships, that's why they called it Old Ironsides. They could shoot straight, they could shoot often, they were bold, they were accountable, and they were proficient, and they were well-trained. And that's, that's what will make the difference in the future. Technology, good leadership, trained sailors who are confident and proficient. That's your future. General James Amos, United States Marine Corps, retired. 35th Commandant of the Marine Corps. Okay, well I'll tell you what I think. Uh, as I look back at, at, at what history's taught us, and you go back to Vietnam, you go back to the French in Algeria, and that's just a matter of uh, counterinsurgency. You know, I think there's a good chance that maybe somewhere down the road, probably 30, 40 years from now, we may be in World War III again. Uh, but that's a long ways off. In the meantime, I think the lessons from the past that we need to bring forward and we become masters of in the Marine Corps is a deal about as a matter of counterinsurgence. We actually began winning that in the CAP program in Vietnam. We've mastered that in the last about seven or eight years in, in Afghanistan and Iraq. So as you look in the future and you think about the future security environment, Think about the kind of wars we're going to be involved in. Think about the enemy. It's not necessarily going to be a nation state, but it's going to be some hybrid type uh, warfare, uh, typically with asymmetric kind of weapons uh, and not state armies. So we have to be really good at that and operating in that kind of uh, background, that backdrop, which is intelligence, culture, language, combat skills. And we have to have you be able to operate in a distributed environment. That's the future for uh, for us, and those are the lessons we've learned coming out of Afghanistan and Iraq. Senator John McCain. There's so many things that we need to do to adjust to this new challenge and old challenge at the same time. We see Russia dismembering a European nation for the first time in 70 years. We see the Chinese in gross violation of international law filling in thousands of acres of land and building runways, total violation of international law, showing their ambitions in the Pacific. And of course, we have a layer on top of that, this radical Islamic terrorist organization, which is spreading throughout the, uh, the world. Um, and we have still not achieved any kind of stability in Afghanistan or Iraq. There will be a greater role for special forces. There will be greater role for the SEALs. There will be a kind of unconventional warfare. But at the same time, we can't abandon our challenges of conventional warfare. The new chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Dunford, testified before our committee. Russia is the number one concern that, that he has. Not ISIS, but Russia. And then add the cyber wars that we are now embarked on, which uh, 
stream could basically shut down every satellite that's up there, we have a multitude of challenges and we're going to have to have a very highly trained, very professional, very adaptive Navy ranging from the littoral combat ships to a new kind of submarine and for the triad and uh, more aircraft carriers and uh, more capabilities uh, to address these challenges. So we're in the most interesting and challenging time and it requires, frankly, it requires leadership along the lines of my role model, Teddy Roosevelt and Harry Truman, but it also uh, requires a trained, capable, motivated uh, officer corps in all branches of the service. And the Naval Academy obviously has a sterling record. What would I like uh, viewers of our series, History of, the, History of the Navy and 100 Objects, to take away? Uh, I think you'll all realize that these are really just snippets in our naval history. Five to 10 minutes vignettes about some item that had an importance or broader significance. And I want people to learn more, not only about uh, the Naval Academy. To, I'd like them to visit the Naval Academy Museum if they'd like to see some of these objects on display as well as all the other items that we have. We hope you enjoyed the series and use it as a starting point for learning more about the rich history of the United States Navy and Marine Corps. Thank you for joining us for a history of the Navy in 100 objects.